Nobody knows who'll be next. Nobody knows whose apartment will be next. Death is real for us right now. And we'll be hearing more from Pastor Sergei Nikul, a pastor from Kiev, Ukraine, on this edition of Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepherd with Ed Cannon. Ed, it's great to see you face-to-face, in person, together. Here we are. Yeah, I love coming to the studio, Wayne, and talking with you and Joe about uh, what we've seen uh, through the eyes of FEBC International, particularly now of interest, is what we're seeing in the country of Ukraine. Right. We wake up every day and check the news to see what's happened to our dear friends in Ukraine. And so much has happened over the past couple of months, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly has, Wayne. And as you know, I've been reading uh, quite a bit of the history of the Second World War written by Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm in the section when they're bombing London oh. continuously. And it's interesting, Wayne, that the sort of theme that comes out in that was despite the fact that thousands of people were killed, it really unified England Mm -hmm. in their commitment to stand for freedom and liberty. And we're seeing the same thing, aren't we? And we're seeing exactly the same thing in Ukraine where where people are struggling with horrible, horrible uh, atrocities of war. And yet as a people, the Ukrainians are coming together. And more importantly for us is as a body of Christian believers, they're coming together, unified around the hope that only the gospel can bring. We've seen that over and over again. That's wow. right. And and our staff are so dedicated to that. Yes, the people need food. Yes, the people need clothing, safe places to go. But what they need more than that is some hope of eternity, of something beyond the horrors of war which only Christ can bring. Right. And we're privileged to have access to internet, to the social media broadcasts, and to these uh, FM radio stations, which are broadcasting hope and love of Christ. Well, let's report on that. Um, Prior to the war, we had seven FM radio stations in Ukraine prior to the most recent invasion, I should say. The war's been going on for a long time. But uh, where where do we stand with those with those stations? Well, it's kind of been up and down because at the very beginning of the war, we knew we lost one station almost immediately in Slavyansk. Then that station came back up, and then it went down again, and it's back up again. We lost another station in the eastern section of Ukraine. And just this morning, you told me that our new station in Zaporozhye. Yeah, you've been traveling. You didn't get the news, but I, I yeah. saw the Zaporozhye, the, our newest station, was actually established and put on the air during this wartime, which is an incredible story to me. Right. Now, pronounce that again, Zaporozhye? I pronounce it Zaporozhye because I have a good friend that's his home, and that's I how see. he pronounces yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's correct or not, but I'm taking his cues. Well, I said something completely different, but that's not uncommon for us <laughs> when you're pronouncing names like Zaporozhye. Right. We're all learning geography here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And pronunciation and right. a little bit of Ukrainian. Right. So. so the stations, uh, for the most part, are still on the air, still operating. Yes. Right. From a central location, though, right? For the security and safety of our staff? Well, yes. And, and the central location is not where it was intended to be. So I was just in Ukraine in November before uh, all this yeah. started, and we dedicated a new studio in Kiev, which was going to be the broadcast hub of FEBC Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Now, they've got a novel model there, and I really like it from a broadcasting standpoint because of all the stations we've got, we have staff in those locations for the purpose of being close to the listener, connected to the local church, being a face in the community. But those individual broadcasters put together a, a network where 
you'd have a 24-hour broadcast, but maybe in the morning you'd hear from Slavyansk, and in the mid-morning you'd hear from Kiev, and in the afternoon you'd hear from Chernetsi. And the point is, all the stations can be addressed from any one of the stations. That's right. Yeah. It's all automated, and, and we're still operating that way. But right now the people have kind of located in Chernetsi, which is one of the safer places. Yes, in western Ukraine, far western, western Ukraine. Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Wayne, the biggest miracle, we've got all those FM stations still broadcasting, but the biggest miracle in my mind is that the Internet is still up and running in Ukraine. I know. Isn't that amazing? And we have utilized uh, the Internet signal on several social media platforms Mm -hmm. to allow our young people to broadcast uh, during the war. Now, those, of course, aren't limited to hours, so you can be on social media as short or as long as you want. And what we used to do was each individual broadcaster would have an hour or an hour and a half where their program would be on. Now they're broadcasting five, six hours a day. So we have multiple voices on multiple platforms reaching lots and lots and lots of Ukrainians. Not to mention even the counseling service, which we'll get into in a few minutes here. But I'm so impressed every day with the work of our broadcasters in Ukraine who who have sought safety in Western Ukraine, but they're still going on the radio, faithfully talking about the gospel, Mm -hmm. leading people to Christ, and they're providing hope and peace in the hearts of people who are so troubled right now. Mm -hmm. One of those people is a young man named Igor. We're going to hear from Igor here in a moment. Tell me who he is. Yeah, I know Igor very well. He's uh, uh, probably about 30 years old. He has a wife and two young children now. When I first met him, he had just gotten married, didn't have any children. His hair was down halfway across his back. (laughs) Uh, Very, very brilliant uh, communicator, pretty good English. Uh, He was kind of leading the charge of social media. He had some what he called edgy programs, which is kind of necessary to reach young people these days, particularly in places where, you know, you don't have a lot of Christians, you don't have a lot of understanding of the Bible. And it was working, too. It was working brilliantly, but he's a courageous young man, and now he's kind of a production supervisor over the social media work there and broadcasting himself, has bravely stayed in the middle of the country, in the middle of the war zones, with his wife and young children, despite the difficulties that they're facing. And um, I think we've got a little... We do. He was uh, at a train station and filed this report online, which we grabbed for our listeners to hear now. Let me just say, in a train station, one of the reasons why he's in a train station is because that's where people accumulate, Mm -hmm. because it's a safe space. Uh, It's essentially uh, barricaded against the possibility of bombs. And he goes there because people listen when they broadcast, and then when he stops, he prays with them, wow. they reach out to him. It's a relatively safe space. Let's listen to Igor. Hello, everyone. My name is Igor, and I am a part of FEBC Team Ukraine. As you can see right now, I am staying on the railway station here in Lviv, in Ukraine. A lot of refugees, thousands of people who are coming to this city with hopeless, with pain in their heart, with broken hearts, and we are here to help the people. We are making our broadcasting, we are just speaking with the people, and even in Lviv, we have a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers who are ready to receive Jesus as their Lord. So I just want to encourage you, pray for us, pray for Ukraine, thank you for your support, and we really need here, and we are here to work with these people, to work with this brokenness, hopeless people. So thank you very much. God bless. Well, we do pray for Igor and all those from Far East Broadcasting who are sharing the gospel on the radio every day. 
Uh, Igor is an amazing young man. Uh, I've been following his reports online, and our listeners can follow them at febc.org. But you have some more that uh, he shared in print that we can share with our listeners. Yeah, he gives us written updates to keep FEBC International informed about what's going on there. Quite a bit more detail than he does recorded. But he says here, after spending the day visiting these devastated cities, I've started getting used to seeing destroyed buildings, destroyed apartments, tanks, broken glass, dogs running in the streets. It's like we're living in a post-apocalyptic movie. People, on the other hand, have really surprised me. People have joyfully come to these cities, cleaning up and repairing the streets. Hundreds of volunteers who wanted to help. I'm inspired by the faith of our people. While seeing the destruction has been saddening, it's people that are truly important. It will be much harder to rebuild the thousands of broken hearts than to rebuild these buildings. Mm. But this is possible with God's help. Boy, that tells me a lot about him. He is an incredible young man, and you yeah. can you, you can kind of try and put yourself into his position. It's impossible for us to truly realize, but listening to his descriptions, you know, seeing destroyed apartments, destroyed buildings, tanks in the street, we can't envision that. Right. Dogs running wild. I can, I can hear them barking and kind of the silence and yet a dog barking. And then to say people are coming to the cities to repair the streets. Most people would think about running from these cities, doing everything they can to get out. And yet what Igor sees are people willing to come, and it says come joyfully to clean up and repair the streets. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Every time I hear one of these reports, I just thank God for these people who are doing this job. Um in addition to the radio, there's a counseling service. How does this work? And I, I know they're seeing unprecedented uh, people coming to Christ. Well, I can explain in detail how it was working before the war. We have a staff of about 12, mostly women, who uh, some are professional counselors. They have degrees in psychology and counseling, and some are just godly volunteers who want to spend their time. They man a bank of telephones, which we give the number out on social media, People call these phones and ask for help. It's not all evangelistic help. People call with, you know, my uh, son is in jail. My mm-hmm. husband is is alcoholic. I have money problems. I'm sick. These kind of things. And the counselors help them with their uh, domestic problems, mm-hmm. but then use that as an opportunity to talk to them about the gospel. Sure. Now that the war has started— These calls have ramped up significantly, not only in number, but in severity. People calling in saying, my son was drafted in the army and I haven't heard from him for weeks. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I've lost my husband in an explosion. Uh, My family is separated. I don't know where they are. These are impossible calls to deal with apart from the hope that can be offered through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, it's just almost beyond belief that that this is still in operation and is still allowed to continue in, the, in a time of war. One listener uh, emailed us from Ukraine and said this, This has been an incredibly difficult time for me, but thanks to these powerful prayer meetings via social media, which is part of this mm-hmm. counseling service, mm-hmm. I have found peace, and I am seeing God resolve my problems. Mm-hmm. I'm sure... That's happening over and over and over again. And you know, Wayne, the resolve of these counseling people 
to show people that God can resolve their problems is just amazing to me. They're on the phone sometimes 12, 14 hours a day, and they say, I, I need rest, I need to stop, but these people need to talk to me more than I need to rest. Yeah. So they're just so willing to commit their lives to help others, especially during this critical time of war when people are seeking so desperately the truth that they have to offer. Such great stories of faith. We'll be telling these stories for decades to come, really, of how the Lord has led during this very tragic and difficult time for the country of Ukraine. Uh, We heard the voice of Sergei Nikul to open our podcast here today. Tell me, we're going to hear again from him, but tell me who Sergei is. Sergei is a a pastor. Uh, He is a Bible theologian. He's very versed in the history of the church, particularly the history of the church in in Ukraine mm-hmm. and in that region, Eurasia. Um, he's a godly man. I love him. He does broadcasts for FEBC uh, every day. He is the voice of J. Vernon McGee, uh, who does through the Bible broadcasts in the Ukrainian language. And Wayne, before this war started, I had the privilege to speak in Sergei's church there in Kiev. Hmm. It was the most peaceful time I can imagine. We walked into the church. There's quite a number of older people. They were serving homemade bread and uh, reaching out to the visitors of the church and just chit-chatting as any church, even here in America, would be on a, on a Sunday morning. Uh, birds chirping, uh, quiet, peaceful, Christian music playing in the background. The church service starts. Sergey's up there praying for the people. A wonderful, peaceful yeah. experience. Now everything has changed. And Sergey's church is in the midst. He's had three of his congregants killed by bombs. Uh, his life is torn apart. He had to send his wife and his young son out of the country yeah, for safety. And his safety. teenage son, too. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Of them. And he has come back into the country to serve the people in his church. He's been living in his church this whole time with others from the neighborhood who have sought refuge there. It's it's been amazing. His story has unfolded online, and we've shared some of that on our website, febc.org. I want our listeners to hear from Pastor Sergei, in his own words, just one of the reports that he gave from the streets of Kiev. Kiev, Ukraine, war zone. Another civilian building, another civilian object is destroyed. This is just a supermarket, mall, for uh, ordinary, peaceful people. And now this is destroyed by Russian army. And nobody knows who'll be next. Nobody knows whose building, whose uh, apartment will be next. So death is real for us right now. So... Uh, some of you are asking me, uh, Pastor Sergei, what would happen if you'll uh, be killed? Well, if I'll be killed, uh, it means that uh, I'll be physically dead. And this is fact. Uh, this fact is uh, unpleasant, but this is fact. And you're asking, uh, so what to do in this situation? Well, in this situation, uh, first of all, we need to have strong belief in our Lord and in His uh, promises that are given by him in Holy Scriptures. So for me, for example, it's uh, very important to read Psalms. Psalm 16 says the following. David, King David, is saying by inspiration of the Holy Spirit the following words. I always see 
my Lord before me. He is at my right hand. So everything that happens with David in his life, he sees through the eyes of faith. He knows that Lord is before him and Lord is uh, beside his right hand. And he's saying following words. You will not allow me to go down to the grave. You will not allow your Holy One to see and experience corruption. And this is assurance of David. But David died in his time. And I know that sooner or later I will die and all people will die. But why David had that assurance? Why I have this assurance? Because this psalm is prophetic psalm. David is saying about Jesus Christ. Because in the book of Acts chapter 2, Apostle is saying following words by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ went to the grave but his body didn't experience corruption and he rose again on third day. So that was assurance of David and this is my assurance that uh, we will see new day, the day of bodily resurrection. We will see our Lord with our own eyes. And this is what gives us assurance and consolation and comfort right now. When I know that if my body will be destroyed like this building, it will be restored again by my dear Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Sergey, Kiev, Ukraine, war zone, with strong assurance in Lord who is alive right now and forever. That's Pastor Sergey from the war zone of Kiev, as he said. At the very beginning of what he has just told us about, he said people were asking him questions. What will happen if I die? And before that, he said, nobody knows who's next. The situation of war, he uses the horrific situation to bring to reality the fact that we all experience in our regular lives. Nobody knows who's going to be next. Right. Nobody knows that tomorrow is assured. But the wonderful way that he's woven Psalm 16 into his message to the people uh, the Lord will not let you go down to the grave if you seek him and ask him. I love Psalm 27. It's talking about the day of trouble and how you deal with the day of trouble. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me. These are the kind of messages, the only kind of messages, that can bring peace and hope to people in the midst of a circumstance that says, a bomb might take my apartment out tomorrow. I might be next. 
tomorrow might be my day. To quote Sergey, nobody knows who is next. That Psalm 27 wraps up at the end, though, with my favorite inspirational words. I would have been despaired unless I believed what I see in the goodness of the Lord, in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. So can I ask you to pray for Pastor Sergey and thousands like him who are soldiers of the Lord in the midst of this horrific situation in Ukraine, that they might be bold in their proclamation of God's word and that the Holy Spirit might open the hearts of these Ukrainian people to see that this trial has horrible consequences, but yet God is using this trial to call people to himself. Well said, Ed. Thank you for that. And thank you to Pastor Sergey there in Kiev. I, I tell you, he has been searching for God's truth in the midst of war. And that is remarkable work for any pastor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here he is, you know, sacrificing so much himself to bring us these uh, nuggets of truth from God's word. So our thanks to him. If you'd like more from Pastor Sergey, we have more on our website, our Ukraine crisis part of our website at febc.org. You can uh, see and hear much more from uh, this pastor and others serving Christ there in Ukraine. I think we'll wrap it up there, Ed, but thank you. Thank you for this report from Ukraine, this war-torn country that we're so concerned about right now. And I trust our listeners will be praying. So thank you for this. Yeah, and thank you to Pastor Sergey, who's reporting from the war zone of Ukraine. Pastor Sergey. Yep. More information at febc.org. Our producer is Joe Carlson. Joe, thank you for helping with today's program. You've been listening to this podcast called Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company with Ed Cannon. I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us next time.